You're listening to Heart of the Hunter. Heart of the Hunter is a serialized swords and sorcery tale brought to you as part of the Coronai Chronicles series on the Bears Grove Bardic Circle podcast. Heart of the Hunter is written, performed, and produced by Sam Chupp. Sam Chupp is a storyteller, game designer, podcaster, and author living in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information about Heart of the Hunter, check out bardcircle.bearsgrove.com. Now, please enjoy Heart of the Hunter. The arrow flew past Arryn, wide to the left, and vanished into the darkness. Another followed the first, more narrowly missing the gypsy. Arryn had already drawn his pistol. Now he futzed the charge stone and shot back. He knew that none of his people were in that direction, and even if he didn't hit anyone, the magic charge gun would make enough noise to start waking the others. The bullet burned with a white light as it flew into the darkness, illuminating two pairs of reptilian eyes and a scaly snout. The sudden illumination made unnatural shadows in the trees until it vanished, burned out. It's a Tangresh, Aran said as he fumbled at the magazine of bullets at his belt to reload. Two of them? Hunters by the looks of them. Terrible shots, though. Stay where you are, brother. In fact, pull the flap closed. You're safest in there. But, Alibar began, starting to stand up. I have to insist... You need to be around to patch us up later. Here, allow me, Arryn said, and bent to the front of the tent, where a leather strap hung with a buckle. Taking it in his hand, the entire tent became a rucksack again, with Alibar trapped inside. Let me out! He heard Alibar yell from within, but Arryn ignored it, his eyes darting all around for signs of Tangresh in the trees. Arryn ran to Peter's tent as the Teamsters began to stumble from their bunk inside the lead wagon. Dav and Gar were dressed in their nightclothes, but both carrying their own Dracon pistols. Status, Peter asked, yawning. He shouldered his crossbow as he emerged from the tent. He had armor on already. For a moment, Arryn wondered if he had expected the attack, or if he had just slept in his light mail shirt. Arryn was panting from the run. Tangreshi, two of them, I think. I may have scared them away. I, I took a shot at them. Do you think it's a raid? Is the healer safe? Peter asked. Maybe, and yes, Arryn said, grinning. Right, form up with me at the wagons. Get on top, take the cover on the roof of the wagon. You take the east side, I'll, I'll take the west. Where's Raven? Up in that tree yonder. Sleeping, I imagine. Trust a sneak thief. I don't see her, but that doesn't mean anything. Stay alert. Davengar, you take north and south quadrants, respectively. But be careful. Raven may be out there somewhere. We don't want to shoot her. Damn it. It'd be nice to have her here. Where is she? Don't know. I wonder if... Before Aaron could complete his sentence, the door to the second caravan wagon opened, and Jurgen climbed out. What is the meaning of this? What's going on? I heard a gunshot. What's so... Oh, my... A Tangreshi arrow grew out of the spot nearest Jurgen's head, and he shrieked in fear, closing the door again. It was perhaps the smartest thing he could have done. 
Fire, Dov said, and snapshot his Dracon in the direction from which the arrow had come. He didn't have a hope to actually hit anything, but it was something to do. Dov's bullet was made of stone and didn't burn with bright light like Aran's was designed to do. Good job, Dov. Tangreshi won't keep fighting if they perceive themselves outmatched. So take a shot at them whenever you can, Peter said. This is worse than that time in Kashan, when my compania got in trouble with the Black Dragon Gang. Aran began, struggling to maintain his perch atop the first wagon. Save it, Gypsy. Story time later. Be silent and use your ears. That's the best way to tell where they are, Peter said. Catching sight of a flash of metal in the dark trees, he suddenly took aim with the crossbow and let fly, watching his bolt vanish into the darkness. There came a hissing squeal as one of the tangresh was struck. Lucky shot, surely. Can you see it at all? I don't see anything up here. Aran tried to bring forth his gypsy senses, but couldn't seem to find the way of it. I, I can see well enough. Eyes are just getting adjusted to the moonlight. Cover me while I reload. Peter jumped to the ground and planted the crossbow point in the dirt and began using the hand crank to reload the thing. That's an awful lot of trouble for so little return. Why not get a dracon? Aran said, keeping a watch for anyone attacking his sergeant. Peter ducked behind the corner of the wagon, taking cover. I'm a traditionalist. Stuck in me ways. Besides, crossbows don't run out of charge. Watch out! Aran ducked to avoid, and their arrow shot at him. He heard it sink into the wagon's side, then it fell out under its own weight. I've got you, little rat! Aran heard Peter's crossbow release again, followed by the sickening squelch of another bolt hitting home in the Tangresh. Heh! <laughs> That's two I've pinked. The wounded are running, I think. What's the story? Are there more than two? Peter called up as he reloaded. I, I, I make three. Maybe four, Sarge, Dov said. Aran saw the Sidalian's look of wide-eyed terror and put a gentle hand on the man's shoulder. You'll be fine, Dov. Let's kick them back to the jungle, shall we? Aye, we shall, Dov said. For the bee. Aran nodded instantly, understanding that he meant to avenge the innkeeper somehow. For the bee, indeed. Anybody see anything? Peter called up to the three atop the first wagon. I'm starting to think they've all run. It was at that point the Agrim came over the courtyard wall. Easily seven feet tall, covered in makeshift armor and warty thick hide, this Agrim was clearly a hunter-warrior of some sort maybe a raider working with the Tangresh. He carried a long spear and was running towards Peter at a full gait by the time Peter brought up his crossbow to bear. Peter squeezed the crossbow's trigger and heard the crack of his bolt breaking on the Ogrim's armor. Peter swore and ducked out of the way, dropping his crossbow and retreating, trying to get his sword out of the scabbard and into action. The outlaw's spear nearly pierced him as he moved to the side. Ah, uh, fellas, will someone please kill him? Peter yelled up. But the three on the roof were trying to draw a bead in the dark, and all three knew enough about shooting that they did not want to chance hitting Peter. Only Aran had a clear shot, and he took it, sending another burning steel bullet into the ground at the Ogrim's feet. Aran cursed. The brilliant light lit the entire courtyard, blinding Peter for a moment, but it also served to blind the Ogrim. For a moment, the warrior was surrounded in a blue-white glow, and it, and it shadowed his uneven face with its toothy, feral grin. 
the warrior walked forward in the moonlight to put an end to Peter. Suddenly, one, then another impact sounded behind the Agrim. One was the squelch of a puncture wound, the other the fft of a dart thrower. The Agrim bellowed in pain, whirling to face what attacked him. His hand flew to the unarmored back of his neck where a tiny dart had stung him. Atop the wagon, Arin bent quickly to the side and let Gar take his shot. The Sidalian teamster's shot struck true and hit the Ogrim warrior in the thigh, making him drop his spear point as he bent reflexively to staunch the wound. Arin, watching from his vantage point, thought surely that he would then round on Peter and beat him with his big, hard, spiked fists. But the Deathbringer had come for the nail tongue. He sank to his knees and bellowed again, his head thrown back, his mouth bubbling with pink foam. His falling body revealed Raven, standing on the other side of the Agrim, one of her knives in one hand and a small dart thrower in the other, black blood stained the blade of her knife. "'Good job, soldier,' Peter said. "'Only never, ever run off like that again. We had no idea where you were, and—' He stopped suddenly when he saw that she was bleeding. "'They all ran.' Little Tangresh dog lizard bit me, Sarge. I'm frankly concerned about catching something, Raven said. I'm bleeding, I think. She was hobbling, clutching her leg just above the kneecap. Here, let's see. Oh, that's quite a bite he took out of you. Arin, where's the healer? Peter looked up at Arin. You said he was safe. Safe? Uh, oh, oh yes. One moment, Arn said, grinning. He jumped down off the wagon and set his knapsack down on the ground. Opening the mouth of it, he reached his hand in and pulled the healer out of its depths, as if he were merely helping the shepherd step out of a carriage. Well, look there, Peter said, grinning. Our gypsy's got himself a magical rucksack. Not bad. Hi there, brother. We have work for you. Alabar was clearly annoyed, but went right to Raven. His tunic still steamed with spilled hot tea in the night air. Oh, oh my, yes, you've gotten badly bit. Here, let's make sure you're not bleeding out first, he said, opening his healer's kit and wrapping a quick tourniquet around the leg. Hold this tight now, and now let's see what else we can do. Does it hurt overmuch? I can't really feel it... I know there's a chunk missing, I just... I can't feel anything, Raven said, sounding faint. Right, shock does that. All right, let's get you laying down somewhere nice and flat. Help me out here, fellows. We need to get this taken care of right away. I'll do that. Uh, keep an eye out, Davengar. This might be just a feint for a larger force, Peter said. Turning back to Raven, he took her dart thrower, but she refused to release the dagger to him. She just opened her palm, and the dagger ceased to exist. She smiled up to him, and he shook his head. Between your magic knives and the gypsy's backpack? I gotta say, we are one enchanted squad. And what's wrong with that, Sarge? Gotta take what advantage you can. They laid her out on the ramp on the back of the caravan wagon, and Arin produced a mage-light lantern to hold over the work. Ah, you finally found your calling, gypsy. A lampstand, Raven said sleepily. Cease your muttering, Blackbird, or no worms for you, Arin said, grinning back at her. 
What is the meaning of this? Juggin wanted to know again as he heard the commotion outside his wagon. Is it safe, Sergeant? I'm filing a report about this incident. I want to know who's responsible for missing watch. Mr. Colesblood, we're busy right now. If you could... I mean it. I demand to know who's to blame for this interruption. Peter got up from where he was assisting the healer and moved to stare down at Jurgen. He lowered his voice so that only Colesblood could hear him. Mr. Colesblood, it is with great respect that I ask you to be quiet. That woman over there got hurt badly to save your hide. I would suggest that you settle yourself down in the wagon and not come back out until morning. You can't talk to me this way. I'm going to write you up, mister. I won't be spoken to. Peter laid his hand on his sword hilt. Shut up, Mr. Colesblood. Get back in the wagon. Stay there until we can call for you. That's all. Very well, if that is how you're going to be. But don't think this isn't all getting written. You'll want to get into that wagon now, sir. Or there's going to be trouble. And neither of us want that. Jurgen cut off his rant in mid-syllable, turned around, and soon slammed the door to his wagon. Just what I told the Master Chief. Just ain't right, putting a bean counter in charge. All right, how's the scout? Alabar was bending over Raven's leg, his hands outlining the serious wound. He brought a glass prism out of his tunic and let it sit on his broad chest, and then knelt his head in meditation. Everyone in the camp watched to see what would happen next. Raven suddenly felt the warmth of a sunlit day pour over her leg, and a bright white glow began to bathe the wound, covering it completely and making everything else glow and shimmer. You're going to be all right, Elabar said, and Raven nodded, laying back. This, however, is going to take a little while. Parts of you are missing. I have to remind the rest of you what you were like before the Tangresh bit you. Going to, uh, going to encourage me, brother? That's right. Encourage your body to grow that bit back. She lay back, closing her eyes. At least it doesn't hurt like the Lothasians do. Quiet, please, Alabar said. He held her wound a little longer, and light continued to pour from his hands into her body through her leg. Peter couldn't stop watching, leaving R and Davengar to keep watch to see if the nail turns. Peter couldn't stop watching, leaving R and Davengar to keep watch to see if the nail tongues were returning. At last, there was a final flare of light, and Alabar took his hand away. There now, good as before. Well, as good as I can make it. The skin's pink and new. It'll match your other skin soon enough. Robin nodded and whispered. Why do I feel, still feel drowsy? Alabar nodded. That was my doing as well. It's time for you to rest, Raven. We'll watch over you, won't we, fellas? Gar nodded, and Dov said, Sure will. Peter said, You rest, you hear? That's an order. Aye, Sergeant, aye. I'll rest then. Raven muttered and slipped off into dreams.
The remainder of the evening passed without much in the way of trouble, but it was clear in the morning that the squad wasn't in its best fighting shape due to lack of sleep. Raven rode atop the first wagon on top of the sealed cargo crates. Alabar sat on the drover's board with Dav. Gar drove the second wagon with the factor secure inside. That left Peter and Aran to patrol and keep an eye out for attacking nail tongues or anybody else who might attack. Everyone had weaponry to ready hand. The image of that Ogrim warrior charging hadn't left their minds yet. The day went fairly well, and the road was relatively clear of vines and underbrush. Well, Aran entertained the caravan by explaining to Raven the various dangers which existed in the forest as they made their way. Well, besides the Tangresh and the Agrim and the Gunta, there's plenty of other things to worry about. Snakes, yeah. But the snakes aren't really that much of a problem. No, the real serious problems are the bloodbirds and the river lizards. Bloodbirds. What are those? Birds who drink blood. Very nasty. And the river lizards? Big lizards. They live in the river, float along, and look like logs. Logs? You know, dead trees, just floating along. Then... Then... They eat you. Yeah, right. It's true, I swear. They came to an outpost late in the day. There was a ring of burned, blackened ground around it, although it hadn't itself been damaged much. Just a little black scorch mark here or there. The outpost was made of stone. Ah, a good, strong building, Peter said. Still standing. Probably nicely defensible. I think we could stay here tonight. Dav, Gar, let's see to making this place. A Dracon pistol, shot, rang out, and the stone bullet ricocheted in the unscorched trees around the house behind the caravan. That was wide on purpose. Next one's going to take your eye out, a young woman's voice called out. You've been listening to Heart of the Hunter. A Coronai Chronicles story on the Bears Grove Bardic Circle podcast. The Bears Grove Bardic Circle is brought to you by the Fireheart Foundry family of podcasts. Fireheart Foundry also produces the Bears Grove, Dragon Ken, the podcast for kids and gaming, the Square One podcast, and Vibrant Living. Find out more about Fireheart Foundry at fireheartfoundry.com This podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives No Commercial Use License 2.5 Music today was provided by the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com The songs were Green Druid by Dignity and Crossroads by Lidner Links to these songs and their creators will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Bears Grove Party Circle, and hope you come back to our fire very soon.